Bum, 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 bum. It's cold outside, there's no kind of atmosphere, I'm all alone, more or less. Let me fly far away from here. Fun, 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 in the sun, sun, sun. I want to lie, shipped, wrecked and comatose, drinking fresh mango juice. Goldfish shows nibbling at my toes. Fun, 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 Hello, Smegheads. My name is Jed Shepherd, and I'm Daniela Phillips. Thanks once again for joining us on another episode of the premier Red Dwarf podcast, <laughs> Smegheads. I did it like backwards, but you all right, Daniela? Yeah, yeah. I was I was waiting for my key to come in, but it never happened. So I'm perched like a gargoyle. You are, you are an absolute gargoyle right now, <laughs> Daniela. She doesn't want to sit on the standard post pop HQ. Bench. I've bench got, of dreams. My, my back has given out. So you've like got like an arcade stool, like <laughs> shoved up against the uh, bench, and are perched on it like a like a pigeon about to like pounce on a on a piece of bread. <laughs> that, um, that, that's my general demeanour anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'd be interested to see if you can last like that the entire I know, episode. Me too. Yeah. Um, it's so hot outside, Daniela. It is. It's a scorcher. Yeah, we've just been we've just been for lunch. Uh, yeah. Daniela bought me lunch. Thank you very much for that. I didn't You're say welcome. thank you. You um, bought me breakfast. Thank you for that. I did, but I, did you notice that I I had breakfast for lunch again? You did. You had double breakfast. Double breakfast. Which you can do at the weekend. I think. I think you can. I think that's the law. It's a shame that I do it almost every single day as well. Um, but uh, we're excited to do this episode of Red Dwarf. Uh, should I tell you why? Because once we've done it, we don't have to do it again. <laughs> it is... This is Duck Soup. So this is the fourth episode of Series 7. Again, the greatest uh, series of Red Dwarf ever. Um, I, I won't tell a lie about that. Um, and Duck Soup is probably its worst episode. Yeah, I think maybe the last episode is maybe the last episode as well is a bit of a rival for the lot. Yeah. But yeah, this is pretty, pretty bad. We have got... Uh, just, just like the things that have to come into play for this episode to even exist we have to have Rimmer out of the picture we have to have Kachansky in the picture and we also have to have the situation where they haven't got any money left to record an, a good episode of Red Dwarf so with the 50p they have left they'll like, oh, we'll just do a bottle episode so my notes for this basically says what is happening double exclamation mark and why what, have they written out Rimmer double question mark at what stage did you write what is happening I'm like about halfway through the episode <laughs> okay <laughs> well the situation with this episode and um, we'll, we'll bypass the admin because we're all hot here and if you listen listen to this uh, you'll be hot oh i just do want to mention that i think by now uh it's been announced that uh, my film salt starring alice lowe um is be- again it's uk premiere at fright fest in london's leicester square um, in big cinema there, so that's exciting. Are you coming to that, Daniela? Uh, possibly. I'll check my check my calendar. It's the end of August. Um, hopefully Alice will be yeah, there. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll be there. Yeah, it stars Alice Lowe as a mum, like she was in Prevenge, and it stars Bo Gadsden as the daughter, and she played young Jyn Erso in Star Wars Rogue One. So, kind of a really good cast and uh, really well written, if I say so myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's coming out. So, and then after after Fright Fest, then we've got another 
bunch of uh, big festivals that we'll be at. Um, so fingers crossed, I can to tell you about that quite soon in later episodes. Um, I'm just still doing railways. That's that's it. Railways are important. <laughs> they are the beating hearts of our society. <laughs> Without them, we wouldn't be as connected as we are now. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's good. Yeah. I have it, nothing to do with Thameslink, by the way, before anyone like starts on me. Well, you used to, right? Mm, I worked a little bit on London Bridge, but not Thameslink. Is Thameslink different from Crossrail? Yes. Oh, okay. Because you work, you do work stuff for Crossrail. Crossrail yeah. Because I remember you telling me about that. That's going to be cool. When's that going to be finished? <gasps> December's opening. December? Yeah. So it's it, exciting. I can go from Canary Wharf, which is quite to near Heathrow. To, to Heathrow. In how long? Uh, about uh, an hour and ten. That's longer. That's like hour? twice as long. No. Yeah, it can't be an hour and ten minutes. Come on, Daniela. From Canary Wharf to Heathrow? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how how are you getting there now that it's taken that long? You have to, like, change, like, three times, don't you? Do you? Yeah. It's just on the Piccadilly line, right? Yeah, but you have to get to the Piccadilly line. Okay. So you uh, have to get to Canary Wharf. Hang on. You're, you're meant to be project managing this or something. No, and I was not project manager okay. on Crossroads. Um, so it doesn't seem any quicker. So where, I you, think it's about an hour to Heathrow. It's still the same distance. It's just yeah. the fact you still has to stop at stations. <laughs> it's not like What's a fast point, service to Heathrow. I thought it was okay. It, but it is a fast service from, like, say, Canary Wharf to like. It will Tom go through Central London. Yeah. And that's like ten minutes or fifteen minutes or something crazy oh, I, like that. I don't know. Like that's not. I'm not on the operational side of things. I'm the engineering. Side. But you're in these meetings. Do you know how fast these trains go? You, no. This no, is, I've built the infrastructure, not the trains. So hang on, so you built the infrastructure yes. for the crossrail. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know how fast a train can get to from one place to the other, no. which is the first question anyone will ever ask. No, I don't. Sorry. Guys, that's guys, all, that's all to do with signalling and operations and the rolling stock. There's nothing to okay. do with the infrastructure. No, but the infrastructure is in place so these things can happen. So you must know, putting the infrastructure in place, how fast a train well, can go. Well, it depends on like how how fast the trains are going to run on the infrastructure. And how many trains per hour? Because there's you you, ha- you have a signaling system in place. There's only so many trains that can be in each section. In each section, so okay. I don't I don't know. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, at least that's as clear as mud. So we'll. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It's meant to go faster, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and it's more direct. Thing. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, there'll be more trains like in service, yeah. so you'll have more opportunities. Okay. That's and hope, cool. Touch wood, it will be faster. But I don't know exactly how fast because that wasn't my. Area. Anytime anyone's been like against the the cross rails, I'm sorry, this is a Red Dwarf podcast, but I'm, I'm on to that question now. I don't think so. I think high speed two is quite controversial, but I think cross rail was people a, like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even though they knocked down some iconic buildings to put it into did, place. Did they? Yeah, they knocked down the Astoria in uh, Tottenham Court oh, okay. Road, which is classic. Sorry about that. It's um, not nothing to do with me. Um, partially, I think. Um, anyway, so Duck Soup is the cross rail of the series <laughs> seven of Red Dwarf. Um, and it is a bottle episode, it, and uh, for those who don't know what a bottle episode it is, it's one of those episodes that are roughly set in one location or very limited locations, and it's usually in place where the budget is a little bit on like low, and they have to say, for example, they front loaded it with a ticket to ride, plenty of like external locations, yep. special effects. Yep. They thought, okay, well, we've got fifty p to do an episode, let's just do this one that's duck soup um and duck soup is uh not not great no it's not um 
the fact is when you have a bottle episode you have to have characters you care about the last time we had like a major bottle episode was marooned and uh that worked because it was lister and rimmer and you know full well Danny, there was a good how sto- much i love there those was a episodes. good storyline behind it whereas this, behind marooned yes yeah. whereas this is just ridiculous it's just like the hot so hot. <laughs> like so yeah. it's basically there's a problem with the kind of heating system on starbug and just open a window you're in deep space it's fine and um Basically, they have to um, survive in the sweltering heat. A little bit like at Post Pop HQ right now, where it's <laughs> boiling. If, if you can hear a whirring in the background, the that fan. is the fan. Yeah. That's just keeping us alive right now. Yeah. Um, um, I quite like the opening scene with like Lister trying to decide whether he what he wants more. Like he wants a drink or he wants to go to the toilet. But he can't <laughs> bother to get up because I feel like that is me yeah. pretty much every single night. But my, my usual, usual thing is like, right, I'm, I'm halfway through this film. Can I make it to the end of this film? Yes, in or, the cinema. Yeah, no, I, ne- I never go to the toilet. Even if I'm bursting, I'll hold oh, it. Oh, I know, me too. I don't yeah. never go, but it's really difficult because I like drinking at yeah, the cinema. Yeah, I always get a, a big Pepsi yeah, Max. Yeah, Pepsi Max cherry from Sydney World, awesome. But sometimes it just gets to the point where you're like three quarters away through the film, and you've been holding it since minute yeah, one, where you think, yeah. "Okay, it is quite dark in here. <laughs> I no. finished my Pepsi Max." There's a cup right there. I never, never really have that Come moment. On. There's a cup. No, I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're dying to go. No. There's not that many people around you. Maybe your significant others to the left of you, they're not paying attention. You my have a cup. My significant other doesn't like the cinema, so I go on my own. Wow, okay. So we'll unpack that at a later date. <laughs> so we've got, we've got, I'll go with you, Daniela. Oh, got thanks, a cinema Jed. card. Um, we used to go all the time, do you remember? Yeah, we did go often. Yeah. We used to go to every man. Did you ever. Oh, no, live right next Literally, to I've seen three films at the cinema this year. I've seen like 50. Yeah, I've only seen three. Okay. It's because my boyfriend doesn't like films. So we I should know. go after this. We should go watch something after this. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, I so love it. It's like a really hot sunny day. We spend <laughs> the whole time inside. I'm not, I, I prefer watching films. I feel any, any hour me not watching a film is, is wasted. <laughs> um, almost paraphrasing <laughs> the line from Birdemic, um, any day without sex is a day wasted. <laughs> That's from Birdemic. Um, did you write that? I did not write that. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was a James. James's line. Okay, so we've got... <laughs> I'd be surprised if James had, James had sex one day. Oh, my God. Okay. Poor James, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not going to listen to this. He doesn't this. answer any emails anymore anyway. <laughs> After I gave him my Birdemic Cinematic Universe email, plotting exactly how it should go for the next 10 films, he was not happy. Um, anyway, so we've got the... Um, this situation where uh, we'll come back to UP in the in, in cinema in a second, where they're boiling, they're bo- they're, they're stuck in deep space, mm. and it's bad enough as it is, but they're hot and they're sweltering. They can't sleep. Kachansky can't sleep. Um, um, we've got no laughter in this episode as well. It's one of the ones where yeah, they've taken yeah, out so the right. They're taking okay. laughter, and the the great. I knew straight away. So within the first, when Lister's debating whether to go to the toilet, and he says to pee or not to pee, and I was like, <laughs> that's a pretty good line. That's like I a hot like Homer that. Simpson esque like yeah. line. And there was nothing. I was like, oh no, it's another episode with no laugh. To he or not to he, that is the question. Um, and usually if they uh, if they give a kind of a, a Shakespearean quote or some kind of like folklore-ish thing right at the start, that'll come back later on in the episode. So Yeah, no, this doesn't. Yeah, him him doing a Hamlet line, you'd think that the episode would be about Hamlet. Anyway, yeah. it's not. Um, it's the opposite of Hamlet. It's shitlet um so you can't um so kachansky wakes up in a in her bunk and she's obsessed with the kind of noises coming from the pipes 
And like I remember, I remember watching this for the first time. I was like, "This just is the opposite of funny. This is the absence. This is the black hole of comedy." And watching it again here, it's so desperate, it's so pain- cringeworthy. It's painful. Her execution is 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 terrible. I've seen better executions on something with executions in it. Absolutely. Because her Al Qaeda. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Savage series seven, the series of savageness. Okay. Um, so my note, my note on this is I've put Kachansky beating pipe and in brackets not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, maybe I'd like it more if that was the case. But she's got, oh dear. she's got the comedy timing of like a potato. She cannot do it, and it just she just drags it on and on. And you know what's coming. You know, you know that the 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 Hanunga's not going to be there in the right place, and it's just. She, and she, again, she drags this out for the whole episode. And Chloe, you know, I'm sure in the right role, you'd be perfect. But as a role of a, in a comedy show, you are, you are not good. No. I'm really no. sorry. But, and again, we discussed in the last episode, the whole point of Red Dwarf and the whole, the journey of Red Dwarf and what makes it good is the interaction between Rimmer and Lister. And when that's taken away, you just see it's the exposed kind of raw skin of a, of a TV show without direction. Having her in it, which she's meant to be the object of Lister's affection, and now she's there, she's this big white whale in the room. I'm not talking about um, your behind club unit, which you bring up in Can't Smeg, Won't Smeg. The... Um, it's just something that just destroys every bit of momentum in this episode um i do not like kachansky in this episode i don't like the fact it's not claire grogan she's not relatable at all she's just awful she she i put how can she hate showers (laughs) yeah i mean this was so cringy so forced the writing in this episode and i usually like i usually like bottle episodes because you get to know the characters more this is like a bottle of piss um so we have her kind of complaining about um the, the, the heat in in the place like, kind of get over it you know you've you you've lost <laughs> you've lost you've lost your significant other you've you're out of your your dimension and you're moaning about the bloody heat okay you've got a bloody blanket on okay. take it off so in when i was watching the kachansky beating pipes there's yeah. a little note here i put in brackets for <laughs> momentarily thought i had six toes and noticed before <laughs> I generally had to count the toes on my on my right foot because for for a brief second I thought, oh my god, I got sick. No, I haven't. Guys, guys, guys. <laughs> this is what I have to deal with. Why is Danielle your favourite host of Smackheads? Why am I not your favourite host of Smackheads? This is outrageous. She's lying there watching this show, thinking she's got six six toes on one foot. Was it the left foot or the right foot? Right foot. Okay. Weirdly. That's the foot that I just damaged playing football. So maybe you have sympathetic pains and that extra foot was <laughs> a metaphor for mine. Yeah, um, that, was, that was really strange. For Just for a split second, I thought, have I got six toes? <laughs> that I'd never noticed before. Oh my God. What and I made a note of it. What would you do if you if you did? What would be your I'd, first? I'd be fine. I'd be fine with it. Would you? No, you would call up your mum and be like, mum, why didn't you tell me? I've got, um, so I know someone that I work with and she didn't like one of her toes, like her little toe. So she just had it removed. What are you talking what are you talking about what what who is this person she's one of the secretaries at work and she had her little toe removed because she didn't like it so she just has like four toes and then a gap what but it's a little toe that's come off yeah yeah even that, that's no subject that's ridiculous that's crazy why did they let her do that i, I don't know but they i mean they, they do let people like what's that syndrome where people like 
the limbs mental ache, syndrome like, oh phantom well, limb fan- no not phantom limb is when you've had it removed and yeah. you think something there. there's people out there that don't that have their per- perfectly healthy limbs yeah. removed because they I watched don't, a documentary don't about them. that people who would basically beg doctors to remove their their arms or their legs because they don't feel right with it yeah. and as soon as it's yeah. removed they're just like oh yeah cool now I feel cool that's so that's so weird um it's a mental issue and i don't think it should be it should be encouraged they, she should see help before chopping off her little toe i'd be worried because it, it, it was quite a while ago i think i don't know it was honestly way before i knew her if she has it in her to chop off her little toe you need to stay away from her because oh, yeah. she can do she can do anything oh yeah oh she'll yeah just i be don't like, trust her yeah she'll just be like i'll put a cigarette out in someone's eye it's cool i'm the guy the girl who chopped my toe off is everyone scared of her? It's like, oh, she. Yeah, she's she quite. She's quite scary. I'm not surprised. What's she done with that little toe? She kept it. I, d- I don't know. I didn't ask. I didn't want to know. She's. I'm. 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 I'm scared for your life now, Daniela. Anyway, enough of Daniela's best mate. So we've got um, this. Like it in the studio right now. It's hot. You can deal with it. The, the crew of the Red Dwarf, they've, they've had this situation before. Okay, question. Yeah. So Lister is wearing some sort of like romper suit during this scene. <laughs> what, if he's so hot, why did you just take it off? Take off that romper. He's like full of like leggings, long sleeve t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, and like, don't use a blanket. Like, Kachanska's winning about being hot. She had a blanket. Just sleep on top of it. Get, I don't know, get crying to kind of just blow on you the whole time. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> yeah. So, um... <laughs> She is basically going bananas about it. Um, and uh, other things that happen in the ship is Kat is watching Kachansky's underwear going around because he's never really, he's never been with a woman. He doesn't know what they are or he's never really interacted with them because all the women kind of left the ship before he kind of rose to maturity. So he's never seen women's underwear going around in the washing machine before. So he's finding that the greatest thing of all time. Um, in the meantime, we've got no rimmer. So we've got no kind of do- uh, like kind of there's no dynamics in this episode no nothing at all it's just it's just all one tone it's it's not great um and then we've also basically got uh Crichton trying to help Kachansky um it, which is a little bit different than he usually is um because like she's crying and moaning and again this is just badly written she is the living stereotype of a hysterical woman i don't think this is like i haven't got my nice pretty things i haven't got my makeup and my clothes yeah this isn't how uh, a human being reacts if she was an officer on a spaceship she's not going to be concerned well you'd imagine she'd not be concerned about like a pretty dress to wear exactly she's been reduced to a stereotypical woman from the 1940s kind of film um, so and like it's the writing's so forced. So they 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 find a way to make Crichton give her the Heimlich maneuver because they because he believes in his programming. That's what stops women crying. So he gives her the Heimlich maneuver. And I did think that someone was going to walk in and think he was trying to have sex with with Kachansky a bit like. No, they didn't even go there. They didn't even go. They just couldn't be couldn't be bothered. So they just do that, and she's like, oh well, that's not right. Um, but he's like, well, you stopped crying, didn't you? And he's, she's like, well, I guess so, but that's not the reason why. And it was so forced and just dragged on. And the absence of the of the laugh, the laugh of the audience laughter, just made it awkward. I felt yeah, awkward watching really this. really uncomfortable. A bit cringy. Just, it, it, this was terrible. Um, so we've also got um, um, Lister doing what he does so he's obviously hot as well but he's getting on with it he's not moaning about it he's probably used to it um and he is basically trying to uh transform an old 
rocket type thing into a bubble bath. He's getting on with his life. Um, and uh, you just think, where's this episode going? Usually by now, we would have seen a direction in this episode going to yeah, go. Yeah, so it's at this point I do my what is happening, exclamation mark, exclamation mark note. Yeah, and I'm not surprised that you started looking at your toes because <laughs> like, I got very distracted during this episode because nothing was actually happening. Um, and uh, basically we've got uh, Kachansky being an absolute mega annoying mode from this episode till till the end it's ridiculous just how kind of annoying she is and there's no break in it there's no kind of i don't know there's a little bit of talking later on which kind of lets you into her life a little bit more yeah Um, yeah i've I've put here that i really didn't like the relationship between Crichton and kachansky just doesn't work for me and they keep trying to push it for all the episodes as well yeah and like eventually crying decides okay he's gonna try and do something about it but when he does like it just triggers something and all the lights go out um and they're stuck and uh, the main generator's overloaded and tripped and and um the backup generator that they've got has also gone down as well so they're basically screwed you're on a ship in deep space without uh lights therefore life Um, because you need light for life Um, uh, they do still have um, the minimum that you can have on ships so they have minimum life support and they have the gravity because the BBC budget could not stretch to them floating around (laughs) Um, but they they can't drive anywhere they can't point Starbuck anywhere so they're flying aimlessly around essentially unmanned and there's a meteor stall coming up so they basically this is the time when they think okay we've got to put something into this episode so let's give the um, arbitrary timeline of how long they've got until the ship explodes let's make it 12 hours let's make it I don't know pick something up yeah a meteor storm let's make it a meteor storm because we've only done that 74 times already um so they have uh, one of those old kind of tropes where they have to reach a certain point and uh, to the backup generator to fix that um, and they've got 12 hours to do it or the ship will explode and that's essentially what the episode is but it's mostly just them in cramped quarters talking no action and Lister getting really claustrophobic have we seen this before no and I think they try they try at least to address this because Kat does say you know you've never had this problem before and he says well you know it's only in certain circumstances yeah but also I mean the things you learn in this episode are again I don't like to use the word problematic but I'm going to use it in this case again this this is series seven so this came out um many many years ago um and the kind of issues around uh sexuality in this is a little bit it's a little bit touchy because it's this episode where we find out the lister in the alternate universe is gay yeah so they're crawling through the kind of air ducts which is where the the duck tape comes from um and soup duck soup sorry (laughs) (laughs) um the air ducts um and duck soup is obviously a reference to the um marx brothers one of their films Uh, but this has the this is like the opposite of a Marx Brothers movie because Marx Brothers movies are funny uh, and this is dire burn yeah you've got um, Kachansky and Lister having heart to hearts in this but the heart to hearts are absolutely meaningless it doesn't we learn things that we just don't care about uh, we do learn from Kachansky that in her reality in her dimension Lister is gay um and Lister can't believe that he's gay in any other life. And I just think how they 
deal with this it's just a little bit like it's crazy and it's um and they also use the gay stereotype where lister like shopping and stuff and um i don't know i think it was just, it was a slightly different time but not too far away from now so i felt it was a little bit too hokey mm, yeah i'd agree with that yeah it's it's not great um but yeah, so just the fact that he gets to be in close quarters with Kachansky means um, that he can maybe try his luck. He does pretend he's gay at one point in order to get her to kind of like cuddle him, cuddle up with him. Um, but um, she also kind of reveals a little bit about herself, which Crichton kind of wants to use against her for, for a later date. But there is there's nothing in this episode to hook you in. No. Um, and I just think it like the uninspiring decor of the air ducks. There's nothing really. It's not like the air ducks from Alien. It's just boring. Do you remember the episode of Only Fools and Horses where um, no. <laughs> you don't? No, because I didn't watch it. No, the one where Del Boy and not... Rodney is stuck in a lift. No, um, it's I've one never the... seen it. Are you crazy? I've never seen Only Fools and Horses. Nick, fr- Nick from uh, Monkey Tennis Podcast. Nick, Nick um, Alder is a massive um, Only Fools and Horses. He will not believe that you haven't seen um, Only Fools and Horses. Sorry. Well, there, there was, I mean, they do it just to compare bottle episodes. They, they have a bottle episode, one of the most famous bottle episodes, where they're stuck in the lift and it's just Del Boy and Rodney and they're talking back and forth and it's absolutely beautiful. And uh, they discuss, um, again, spoilers from like 30 years ago, but there's been a miscarriage and it's really touching and it's just beautifully executed and it's a real high point in British television, I think. This is the opposite again. This is a, an episode of opposites. It's it's the opposite of comedy. It's the opposite of touching. It is terrible. Um, and you know, there's some Red, Red Wolf finds out they're going. No, you're being too harsh in this episode, Jared. You're being too harsh. Um, no, just if you if you think this episode is good or better than any other episode in this series or at all, maybe it's better than some in series eight actually. Then you're you're mistaken. You are genuinely mistaken. I'm willing to be proved wrong. Show me one good thing in this that is that means something, and and I'll come away surprised. Um. So I spoke on an earlier episode. Um. About um. Or you 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 spoke about how they're filmed in different sequence, yeah. and not always presented in the the sequence that they think they're going to put it yeah in. yeah yeah so i noticed in this episode that they there was a discussion about how and they talked about how they couldn't cook or eat a human which i thought was oh. quite interesting because that's exactly what they did in the first episode so i wondered maybe if that was a joke so maybe this episode sort of was supposed to be yeah i don't know but then with kachansky in it it's difficult because it does kind of set the time scale well, I think the fact that um, that Rimmer was, well, Chris Barry wanted to leave, it kind of messed this up at the sequence of, the, of these episodes anyway. Um, yeah, you're right, I didn't even think about that. That's interesting. Cause, or, or they've just completely forgotten, in which, which they often do, the, of what had happened in earlier episodes. Oh, but do you know what? What? When they went back and, uh, and JFK killed himself, that reorganised the the universe so maybe they don't realize so they hadn't eaten anyone yeah no but they still would have remembered they didn't change their memories that's still no no i'm not sure i mean if you dive too much into the into the science behind it we i just will... thought that it was interesting that they said that they couldn't do that when they had that in the first episode yeah that is interesting um so again they they come up with some 
some scheme to, to make this half interesting that the um, that ducks get flooded at some point and then they have some kind of like surfboard type thing and like I, I lost interest halfway through this episode just it's too much Kachansky talking and oh, yeah I don't care I'm not invested at all I mean she sucks the life out of the room she really does um, it's hard to see characters that I love be subjected to writing as bad as this um, yeah because even though the writing's bad I mean like the actors are still bringing their A game. The actors are great. Yeah, I would say Danny John Jules doesn't have a lot to do in this no, series he in general, which is a shame because yeah. he's been quite um, prolific in other series recently. Ones we've done, yeah. yeah. I think it was six. He was he six had was more loads of, a role. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I would have thought that once Rimmer's gone, he would like step up and be kind of more into it. No. But again, it just feeds into my he, theory that Crichton is cat. I guess as well, he doesn't really have a relationship with Kachansky at all. That's true, or anyone because he's so selfish. Calls Officer Bud Babe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does he call a bug babe again? Bud Babe. Bud Babe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, so the water fills up the air ducts, which makes them move through the uh, ducts fast or whatever, so they can get to the get to the end. But it's it's not great, and the special effects are just I think a little bit awful. We see them just being bucket of water thrown over their face, and that's kind of that'll do. It's it's like seventies Doctor Who, really. Like <laughs> they really didn't have a lot of budget for this, it seems, um, and it just seems really hastily slapped together and it's not a great example of a bottle episode um, at all. Um, so when they finally uh, kind of uh, get to their destination and they get out of, of the event, um, they kind of realise that they they went in a big circle and they didn't really have a direction to go in and it's, it's all kind of Crichton's fault um, because he... Um, he didn't realise that the... Or he didn't let people know uh, that the doors in any situation, if there's a problem, the doors remain unlocked. So yeah. They could have gone through the yeah. doors. Um, it was just his way to kind of, uh, again, uh, kind of make cry, uh, make Lister and um, Kachansky kind of not be by themselves near a bed, maybe. I have no idea... I had no idea because he's he messed with the thermostat as well. He's created this whole thing, yeah, just because so, he didn't want her to have a bar, yeah, which makes no sense at all. Because like in in his mind, she'll have a bath. Mister um, Lister sir will see her naked. Bing bang bong. Then they're a couple, and then he'll be out of the picture. But like that's not quite how it works. He she, no. She does admit uh, to him though that he um, has or she has looked at him a little bit kind of flirtily and she hasn't outwardly kind of said okay let's do it but she's kind of got I, to the point where I guess where if, you're, if you're the last woman on earth and he's the last man you kind of you, you drop your guard a little bit don't you yeah you drop other things as well like if you're the last <laughs> woman on earth you're the last man on earth um, but yeah so like they're obviously like angry at Crichton for doing this and, and the reasons behind why he does it um, so they but they have to kind of like move the ship away from being hit by the meteorites or the sun or whatever the kind of uh, reason behind it was um, and uh, again like they, they threaten to brand Crichton with an iron it seems like by breaking his programming all, all those seasons ago 
he's become an absolute liability. Yeah, he's causing more problems. <laughs> yeah, because his core programming should still be to like protect humans, protect their lives. This physically put them into danger. So he's breaking the prime directive um, of his like, his being, um, which, which is quite unusual. Um, I also think that um, by forcing Kachansky and Lister to be in a small, cramped space together probably isn't the best way to kind of keep them apart. No. So there was flaws upon floors already in this episode. This episode is one big floor anyway. Um, yeah, it's such a nothing episode. Yeah, so many floors. Not you might as well call it Debenhams. There's, um, there's uh, a kind of like a, a fizzle out of this episode as well. It doesn't really end um, in in a good way. She just basically gets the, her pipe and starts banging on, on Crichton's head and tells him to say yeah, Google or whatever. And again, it didn't work at the start. It didn't work at the end. Destroy this episode. Delete it from your from your memory. Kick it down the well for thirty years. It is awful. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I'd be really keen to see if anyone out there actually did like it. I know there's or likes Kachansky. <laughs> yeah, just just tell me why. Um, again, I'm not saying that Claire, Chloe Annette is is a bad actress. I'm saying the way she was written this is almost written like someone who doesn't know women who's never met a woman before an alien that came down and was like okay I need to write about this this weird creature this mysterious fantastical creature that they call women um it's 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 bizarre um you would have thought they would have just given her Rimmer's lines and, and just make her kind of against Rimmer and just, but just taken the Rimmer role but yeah they've given her some of the Rimmer attributes but none of the kind of the likability that Rimmer has sometimes. Yeah. Um, There's no vulnerability really there. Yeah, exactly. And if you watch this on... So we watch this on Netflix, but if you watch it on DVD, you can obviously choose to have the um, uh, laugh track put back in. And then it maybe redeems it a little bit. Yeah, may- maybe it's more workable, but I, d- I don't think yeah. much more. It's <laughs> it like, doesn't change the storyline. Yeah, but it's like a kind of like a blitz spirit. Like, you're in it together, everyone else is laughing, so you might as well laugh as well. When you are when you can hear yourself laughing at a Hanunga joke, it, it, you, it just feels wrong. It doesn't work. Um, but there's also, an, on the DVD, there is, like, extended scenes, but it just extends the absolute boredom. There's nothing in it that's redeeming at all. Um... It's um, and I think, like, if you look at the timeline of when this is, this is actually um, meant to be about uh, like almost two years since they first found found Kachansky. Seriously, I and Crichton's so. still like harping on about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's meant to be actually eighteen months after Ouroboros. So, because because if you think if you think about it, they had to wait eighteen months for the kid to be born. Are born yeah. and then grow up a little bit yeah. for them to be left under. Yeah, so this that's is, true. So this is after that. This is after that. Um, yeah, they should have shown like the pregnancy episode. Exactly. There, there would have been more content in that than this. Yeah, she, like Kachanti should have said, "Oh, I'm really hot because I've just had a bloody baby." Do you know what? And I'm missing my own baby. I'm missing my baby. Also, you're my baby, Lister. That's never brought up that she is so his weird. baby. It's bizarre. It kind of makes me think these episodes were written by different people. We all know it's written by by Doug Naylor. Or a different order. Yeah, it's not it's it's, it's not great. Um, but they, you have, I think, it's in confidence and paranoia. Do you remember confidence and paranoia? 
Edu. Where elements of Lister's psyche come comes yeah. to life. Um, it's mentioned in there that he's claustrophobic as well. I don't know if you remember oh, when he gets no, in the I lifts. Um, so there's some precedent, but there's nothing about this episode that makes me want to watch it again. No, um, I don't think I ever will. Yeah. And at least the robberist, the last episode, at least there's some bits in there. It's the first appearance of Kachansky. You find out who um, Lister's dad is. In this, there's no reason to ever revisit this again. No, there's no, like, uh, storyline that's imperative at all. Yeah, it's it's just it's just terrible. Um, and that's it. I mean, uh, I guess seeing Kachansky in a PVC suit is the highlight of the episode for some people, but not really. Not really. Um, okay, so actually, she wasn't in that figure hugging. Was, gonna say, was she in people? No, that was the last episode. See, that didn't even have that. So delete this from your memory. Uh, yeah, that was Duck Soup, and I hope I never have to watch that episode again. Unless we do this as a live show, and let's <laughs> break it down and do Duck Soup. No, no, let's not. No. Um, anything else you want to say about this? Nope, nothing. I think I've said all I have to say. I'm just counting my toes. They're all present <laughs> and correct. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay, guys. Well, let us know what you think of this episode. I, I'd be actually really keen. I will have a massive conversation. And you, Daniel, you say I never reply to people. I will reply and have a massive conversation with anyone that, that convinces me that Duck Soup's a great episode. Convince me of the reasons why Duck Soup's a great episode. And I will convince you that you're mental. Um, so, Daniela, how can they reach you? And don't forget, if, you, if you're mentioning, if you're talking to Daniela about Smokeheads, at me in as well. <laughs> he feels left out. <laughs> how can they reach you? They know how to I'm reach on you. But... Twitter at Daniela One L Phillip. And you can reach me at Jed Shepherd, J E D S H E P H E R D. Uh, thanks again for listening to this episode. Uh, we're looking forward to next week's episode because it isn't duck soup. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it's a good episode. I quite like the next one. Okay, I'll, we'll, we'll discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> um, such so a to say. See you later, Smokeheads. Bye. Bye. <laughs>